Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, joined by Jeffrey Benedict. We are hanging out, having a little fun, talking about uh, Oklahoma uh, stud, I guess. You made the NFL, so you're a stud, uh, regardless. Trey Norwood's the topic. Uh, Jeffrey, what was your original thoughts on that pick? Uh, for me, I was kind of like, ooh. <laughs> but well, what did you think when that came uh, down the pipeline? I wanted a cornerback significantly earlier. So at that point, I was like, who is this guy? What's going on? I started watching film on him. Um, I saw like that he's he's physical, but in like a grabby hand fighting, like fight for the ball in the air, could get a penalty, but but more often than not, he he just made it life miserable for people trying to catch the ball. I, I saw all that and he just reminded me of Cameron Sutton. And I looked at him like they are drafting him for Cameron Sutton's spot. Like that's that's the goal in mind is that kind of role. Uh, so I'm I'm positive on it. It's far enough down at seventh round that hopefully he'll dodge the Steelers drafting a cornerback jinx. Um, <laughs> so we'd all we'd all love to see a cornerback, you know, be be better, you know, be be really good there. Cameron Sutton, hopefully. Hopefully he takes that spot as the best drafted killer Steelers quarterback in recent history. Hey, you know what? Looking at these draft picks, we know 2020 draft class, every single member made the team. The way the cards are kind of falling, it looks like the 2021 class is a really good shot of doing the same thing and having every single draft pick make the team. I, honestly, I think it might come down to Norwood. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think every single one of these draft picks are making it? Well, We'll see with louder milk defensive line is a there's so many of them. Oh, fifth round I, pick though, <laughs> I know. Like and they, and trade they traded up for him. I can't I can't imagine them trading up for him, accepting that like he's he's not a polished thing, and then letting him go before even giving him one year. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah you're right. Norwood, that's a that's a tough room simply because they have put so many names in to fill those spots like there's there's definite holes there there's definite room but they've thrown so many names in there with killabroom mole uh james pierre is stepping up justin lane still hanging around About Trey Norwood. undrafted guys <laughs> yeah and they're all what's interesting to me is they're all very different i know someone in the chat said is is trey norwood like a james pierre um now my answer that would be no they're incredibly different they're actually like opposites like james pierre uh if you think of james pierre think of like joe hayden physical run stuffer a technique is is fabulous uh just not super fast and then you have trey norwood who is a cameron sutton he's going to play off he's not you know getting in the chest of wide receivers and hand fighting with him as much he's looking to to back up read the play and play the ball uh so they're, they're very different players and then you've got like the 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 undrafted kid from Michigan State that everyone's high on. He's a very different player. They're all – it's going to be very interesting, and this is one of the reasons I am excited for the preseason because they're such different players. And I just want to – I want to see them get out there and and see who they can use and how. So then with, with that, who do you think the most likely rookie to get cut is? You know, I, I would, I'd have to go with Norwood. Like, I think, I think it's still probably him, just because 
you know, that, that room is crowded. He's a seventh round pick. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Just just the way everything else has fallen. They haven't acquired another outside linebacker, so there's no way Roche is going anywhere. Uh, Jordan Berry would have to be – honestly, even if Jordan Berry is punting 60 yarders throughout the entire training camp, I think this, the Steelers have to take in consideration that he plays his best football when it's hot out, and he usually flops in the winter. And are, are they going to get rid of this uh, this this punting – stud that like that like this top punting prospect since probably Daniel Sepulveda. Uh just let him go to market and sign somewhere else and just roll the dice on Jordan Barry. I, I I just can't see it happening. So for, for that argument's sake, I, I would also agree that Norwood was probably the most likely cut of any of these rookie draft picks. Again though, I, I have a feeling they'll all make the team much like what we saw in 2020, which is incredible. Two years in a row have your entire draft class make the team last year was six picks this year's nine it'd be incredible but uh going back to the safety specific talk how do you think this like safety depth chart is going to round out of course you got Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick at the top who's who are going to be the guys that back them up um I think Arthur Arthur Millette is going to be in that discussion I'm very interested to see if they put Miles Killebrew at safety or if they move him more like a Marcus Allen uh, to where he's kind of a linebacker, kind of a safety, um, but that is a good <laughs> that is a good question. And one of the interesting things we've seen is that the Steelers like to use uh, depth cornerbacks in that role. Like when uh, in in 2020, when Terrell Edmonds would come off the field, it wasn't Sean Davis playing for him; it was. Mike Hilton coming in. Like if they're in seven man front, Mike Hilton wouldn't be on the field, but they'll take Terrell Edmonds off and put Mike Hilton at strong safety. Uh, they did the same thing with Cam Sutton a bit. So it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's interesting because the depth chart like matters there, but they, when they take safeties off the field, they don't always replace them with safeties. It's more like, you know, the, each individual player has kind of the roles that they can play. And then they kind of match that up. So it's like, okay, we need someone to go in there and play deep, you know, zone defense. Uh, let's send in Cameron Sutton. We need someone to be able to blitz a line blitz from the strong safety spot. And we're taking Troll Edmonds out. So let's play Mike Hilton will play strong safety. They they really do more on role based, and it, it, it's interesting because they also like to be able to switch players around. So you'll see Troll Edmonds in the slot and Mike Hilton drop back in zone sometimes. It's just just I don't know if they're just messing with the the offense or seeing you know seeing a matchup they they prefer a different player to to to, to take on. It's so I, I I still think Arthur Malay will be your your number one backup safety, but I think he will also be like your dime back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him primarily there, and then behind him just I don't know if there really is another like backup safety truly just a safety kind of kind of player on this defense. They just kind of don't go for that right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that as well. Now, uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot, much like how I uh, put our guests on the spot a little bit earlier. Who would you say the best Steelers defensive back is who is not named Mickey Fitzpatrick for 2021-22? Joe Hayden. Still. Yeah, Joe Hayden. Uh, until he proves otherwise, it's Joe Hayden. Although I want to, I want to, I want to jump in here. Uh, I, I, I'm a stats guy too, 
So I'm big on like recognizing small sample sizes. Uh, James Pierre didn't play that many snaps. But if you were to just take every single snap he played at cornerback and you were to compare it to, to the other Steeler cornerbacks we've had, man, you can make an argument. His, his film looks better than Joe Hayden. Like you could, you could make the argument James Pierre looks just on film in that very small sample size, like the best cornerback we've had since Ike Taylor. Like that's just his film was incredible. He he's playing at a very high level. He just doesn't have great physical attributes. Uh, so, so with a caveat there that if James Pierre is what he showed last season, you know if he can turn that into a full season of play. Uh, I will. I will change it to James Pierre. I just don't. I don't think that's realistic to expect that. But at the same time, that's what he put on film, right? That's what he put on film. That's what he put on film. That's what he did on the field. So there's a chance that James Pierre could just be like pushing Joe Hayden out the door after this season if he if he's that that good again. Yeah. That's that, yeah, that is really interesting, especially the way you put it at the end there. And I, I would agree that Joe Hayden is probably the next best defensive back after Minka Fitzpatrick. But of course, this is a contract year for Joe Hayden. Uh, and of course, it's a DB centric show tonight. Do you think Joe Hayden's coming back? And before you answer, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my answer out there first because I, I think his kind of his vocalness in that uh, in that locker room and how he's a leader and how he's respected by literally everyone in the NFL. Anyone that's ever talked to Joe Hayden, played in the NFL, they all rave about him, how he's like, he's just the man. I feel like that affects things where you're going to want to bring him back because really vocal leaders outside of Cam Hayward for that defense, there's not a whole lot of loud guys like TJ Watt from – my understanding, he only talked. He only talked to Bud Dupree and his brother. That was his kind of uh, his circle on the Steelers. But when it comes to vocal leaders, of course you got Cam Hayward. But then Joe Hayden's such a fixture. Do you think he gets re-signed? Even if James Pierce says, might take a step ahead of him, is he someone that you have to bring back if he can still go? That's a good one. Um, he means a lot I can't. I can't see Joe Hayden moving into a reserve role. Like he, that guy has made money, right? Like, like he has, like you listen to like how the Steelers, when the Steelers talk to each other, like Joe Hayden's the rich guy, right? That's, that's who he is. But if you look at it, he's at the highest big corner of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you get in there. He got, he still got the good rookie deal. He got in right. He got in before the slotting and he got that big contract with Cleveland. They paid him a ton of money. I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to be like, okay, I'll take a small deal and be a backup. Because he'd just be like, uh, you know what? I'm done. Why would I? Why would I do that? Because he also has a he has a lot of pride. Like any like really good defensive back, you have to be that kind of guy who carries a chip, who's got a lot of pride, and you know he's gonna he's gonna make sure he gets respected. That kind of an, that kind of a person, um, I don't see him taking a reduced role. Like I think he's that guy that if he can't play outside anymore, then he's done. He's walking away from the game. So I'm leaning towards no, but I don't. There's also the problem that Joe Hayden's in fantastic shape. Oh yeah, uh, he is in incredible shape. 
he, you see like his workout his videos mind. with yeah. that like uh, footwork guru guy that he goes to that that a lot of the players go. Cameron Sutton has videos with him now. Uh, dude, he the stuff he can still do, the the level of training he has. Uh, if he's still playing like he did last year, you you have to bring him back. He's just that good, and he is like you said, he's that leader. He is that guy everyone looks up to, everyone respects. He he is something else, man. I I love Joe Hayden, and I yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with he comes back. I'm gonna go with I, the I, I really pay him a good that. amount of money, and he's back. I, I I really hope so. I you know what? When it comes to respected players across the NFL, number one, if if you were to pull players and say who's the one guy you want to see win a championship before they retire, I think number one is gonna be Larry Fitzgerald. Period. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anyone that's ever been more respected than Fitz. But number two, I bet you is Joe Hayden. He is beloved in NFL circles, uh, and really, I, I hope, I hope, and pray he get he gets one before he hangs hangs him up. And I really hope that's in Pittsburgh, of course. But uh, yeah, before we move on to the other DBs, I pose you this: Is Joe Hayden a Hall of Famer right now? As as we sit here, is he someone that yeah, would was, have to wait a while? Or I was just thinking about that because you were saying about. Joe Hayden, he's, we want him to win a Super Bowl, and we'd love it to be in Pittsburgh. Um, I think Joe Hayden is is on that track. If you look at cornerbacks playing right now, the guys that were that were considered better than him, they didn't hold up. Right? It's it's not. It's such a hard position to play for him to play it at the level he's played it for so long. Outside of those few last years in Cleveland, where they were, I mean, they were a mess, anyways. Uh, no one looked good on those defenses. He he has a chance, and I think if he, if the Steelers could somehow pull off even like a deep playoff run, something like that, you're you're helping his case because his big problem is he's never been in the playoffs. Like he never really gets that shot to be in the playoffs, and he didn't. He missed it again this year. And if you look at the Steelers' defense <laughs> in the playoffs this year, you. you or even the other games and the other games he missed, you could see the lack of Joe Hayden makes an impact on this team. Uh, so I think he has a chance of it. But what I, what I want to ask you back is, if he if this if he stays with the Steelers and retires, a Steeler ends up going to the Hall of Fame. What's the helmet? Oh, it's got to be the Steelers. Uh, I, yeah, I, like. That's that's an easy one to me because like he took less money when he was released by the Browns to sign with the Steelers. There's better offers out there. I'm not sure the teams, but I know there were better offers. Um, he he loves Mike Tomlin. He said that multiple times, and honestly, I think he's kind of treated poorly by the Browns. So I, I couldn't see him putting a, a Browns like if this is like Cooperstown in uh, Major League Baseball where you're gonna pick a hat. If that's how it did work, because I'm almost certain it, that that's not how the NFL does yeah. their bus. Yeah. But uh, if, if that uh, was the way they went about it, I think he would go in as a stealer. Um, it, he is also closing in on having like the same amount of years as a Brown as he uh, is. Uh, this is year five, I think, for him on the Steelers. And he played seven, I want to say, on the Cleveland Browns. As I see you search that up, he, like, he's closing. If he gets another deal... If he gets another two, three-year deal, he might be a Steeler longer than he ever was a Brown. Do, do you have the numbers already? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. 2010 to 2016 for the Browns, seven years there, five years with us. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty big factor on it as well. And uh, for one of the good guys, I, I think all the Steelers fans can say, let's get that dude a ring. He freaking deserves it. But oh, I would just, I would love, I would love for Joe Hayden to go in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame repping the Steelers. Like, Doing that because that that would mean like I mean obviously the Browns had Joe Thomas but the second best the other best player of that era <laughs> better the other best draft pick of that era would, would be Joe Hayden and he'd be going in as a Steeler yeah <laughs> he just twists the knife a little bit yeah just just oh, oh why did I never mention how much I hate Cleveland I don't know if I've yeah. ever mentioned that but yeah <laughs> what a dumb move honestly like when we look yeah. back like if the Browns had Joe Hayden and like like the last couple of years when they like turn it around. Uh, yeah. It would have the problems is they don't have cornerbacks who can play like him. Like Denzel was pretty good, but he, like, I, I want to say he's like, he didn't show as much as he was as a rookie, but anyway, this isn't a Brown show. Let's not talk about them. Who cares about, <laughs> who cares about the, that team, their dumb name and their ugly uniforms, whatever. Let's continue talking about defensive backs for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I want to bring up two guys here that uh, have had a really good minicamp and really good OTAs. You mentioned one of them a little bit earlier, but uh, Antoine Brooks and James Pierre have been standouts. I know Mark Cavalli uh, wrote a piece for The Athletic uh, stating their way up uh, in terms of like their stock. Uh, a lot of people were saying they stood out. Uh, are you high on these guys? Are you excited about hearing that uh, they're having a, a really good uh, offseason? I'm really interested in Antoine Brooks, uh, hearing he good things about him because he did play uh, more snaps than James Pierre did. They were just all, last season on defense, they were just all in one game. Uh, and it was the one game where the Steelers went to, in their dime package the most, and he was their dime back. Antoine Brooks Jr. was their dime back. He played a bunch of snaps against the Bengals because they were spreading everybody out and throwing all the time. But he, in that game, he showed he has some good blitzing. He's a very physical player, but at the same time, he doesn't quite have some of the coverage traits you need there. Uh, I know everyone talks about Mike Hilton wasn't the best in coverage, but this is this is a different level. Like Mike Hilton uh, wasn't the best coverage guy for a, for a cornerback, Antoine Brooks Jr. isn't the best coverage guy as a safety, right? So them talking about him having a good camp uh, is great news to me because if he's improved his movement ability, like I don't know if he worked. Sometimes players work with people. They get, you know, different fitness regime stuff. All of a sudden they're a little more agile, a little better. If he's learned the defense really well to where he can become a valuable piece, I'd love to see it uh, because he was a playmaker in college. And I'd love to see that that aspect out there, but he wasn't that guy in 2020. Uh, James Pierre, I, I mean, obviously, I've already said it. He he was that guy. He absolutely was that guy. Uh, so I, I've said it before. I nothing they say good about him surprises me uh, because he was that good on film last season. I just can't wait for him. It's preseason. I want to see how they're using him, what they're asking him to do. That's all I care. That's what I've, I want with James Pierre. Uh, nothing they say during camp is going to surprise me. But I'm also glad we got good uh, report on Trey Norwood from Terrell Austin saying he picked up everything really well. So, you know, 
I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they how they work it out. And I think we could just see this defensive backfield really not lose a step. Seems like the only draft pick that isn't getting a, a ton of love right now is Dan Moore Jr., who apparently struggling a little bit to kind of pick up uh, all the NFL stuff. But he's a project tackle to begin with. Uh, and yes, that is absolutely expected. He yeah. He's going to take a year. Yeah. He's going to take a year, and then we'll see what we got with it. And he has no pressure to play at all. So uh, by, by all means, I'm not worried about that. There is one other topic I want to get to, but this is a really good question from Andrew Wilbar. Uh, he asks if uh, Ben were to retire, and even Joe Hayden for that matter, uh, what would you consider the bigger draft need, quarterback or cornerback? Of course, next year's draft class is loaded at corner. It's one of the stronger corner classes in a long time. There are a ton of quarterbacks, but they're not to the same skill level as we saw in this past draft class. So, Je- Jeffrey, uh, I pose it to you first. Uh, would hmm. you would you be a, a quarterback in the first round or a corner? Quarter or corner? Just going by need. I'd still go cornerback. Like, yes, I'm thinking like quarterback's so important, but I, I think Mason Rudolph can be a guy for a year. He can be a guy. He's not the guy, you know. And and when Ben leaves, Mason Rudolph is not the guy, but he is a guy. He can be a guy for a year or two. Uh, but man, if Joe Hayden leaves, you would have Cameron Sutton left from that group, and that would be lose fast. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking that Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton, Cameron Sutton. All of a sudden, it's Cameron Sutton. You've got to bring in some. That's that's not you know James Pierre starting opposite him, and you're you're not going to do undrafted free agents and seventh round picks. And you have to sign some free agent castoffs for your entire cornerback room. You can't do that. You got to have somebody anchoring that room. So yeah, for me, it would be cornerback. I, I I think you kind of talked me out of corner with that. Yeah, I, I think you you want someone that has skill. Like, and the Steelers will have some money. Uh, I I think you try to go sign a corner, uh, and you, you try to sign Joe Hayden. But uh, <laughs> after that, I, I I think you want to sign a guy. Oh. When it comes to this quarterback class, though, like if they fall in love with someone and they're like, okay, we we need to go get this guy. If you identify that quarterback, this league is a quarterback driven league. You have to go get him. Like if that's, oh goodness, I, I don't know. If it is Spencer Rattler, and we're like, all right, we need to trade heaven and earth to get the number two pick to get this guy, or, or what have you, depending on how this this all shakes out. I, I think you got to make the move. Like it, we knew the Steelers were really high on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't know if they were ever close to pulling the trigger on a trade up because it wouldn't have made much sense with uh, Ben yeah, he was too where high. he was, but. Uh, we, we knew, knew the Steelers brought him in for a ton of workouts and uh, were interested in him, but like, it didn't work out. So clearly they, they know what they're doing when it comes to avail- evaluating first-round talent when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, they're, not, uh, they're, they're not in position to take one, obviously, uh, year in and year out when you have a Hall of Fame guy. But if they're looking at the, the right people, I'd want them to make a move up if they think they found the right guy. But – Outside of can that, I, can I jump in here with something? Absolutely, uh, go for it. Because there's a comment that stood out to me here. Let me bring this up here. It says I'd rather it's from a lifelong fan 07. I'd rather have a smart player than a talent player who doesn't have a smart brain. Talking about the secondary, this is a big shift because a guy like a Justin Lane, a guy like an Artie Burns, no longer fit this defense. That's what the Steelers used to be going for. 
if you look at who is excelling in the defense, it's not the big physical, fast, you know, traits guys. It's Cameron Sutton. It's a Steven Nelson who was short and it was everyone thought was a slot cornerback. Then he's playing outside and he's great. Joe Hayden, who despite, you know, he's 32. Joe Hayden's 32 years old. He's been in the NFL over a decade. You know, he's not fast anymore. He was never a ridiculous athlete, and he's not the athlete he was anymore, but he's freaking smart, and he can play that position. Then you look at their draft and Trey Norwood. They're bringing in guys. They're looking for smart defensive backs. That is where this defense is going, and so I got to agree. That's what you got to look at is can they execute this defense because if we execute the, the coverage schemes that we've been running since Terrell Austin joined the Steelers, if you execute them well, this defense is going to be outstanding. No, exactly. Um, the, the last thing I did want to bring up for tonight's show, Jeffrey, uh, of course it's been covered in other shows, but uh, Steelers brought in Trey Turner uh, for a, a, what, uh, a little interview and uh, physical whatnot. Didn't result in the contract, but really the buzz was kind of worry about David Castro um, what are your thoughts on this situation? Are, are you worried about it or is this just due diligence that I suppose with the guys, the Steelers have been bringing in in recent weeks, maybe it's just like, all right, these, this is the list of guys. If there is an injury, it, it could be that. I, I don't know if it is, but what are your thoughts on all this? Well, let me go. Let me go to his play last year. Um, my hope, and I think the Steelers hope is David Castro was going to come back and be the guy he was at the start of the season. That week five, I think it was, I think it was week five against Philadelphia. He was injured. He was never the same when he came back. He was not the same guy. Uh, there's been reports that that it's that he was fully better, but he just wasn't. He he had lost something there. He didn't he didn't care as much. Like there's rumors. You always hear stuff like that. Like maybe he's just done. He doesn't want to play anymore. Um, but the, the question to me is if if that injury isn't healed, then he'll he'll likely be the worst offensive lineman we have. Uh the only guy that was worse than him when he was clearly, clearly not himself was JC Hassenhauer. And that's a that's that's a guy they they he was our third string center. He was a developmental guy. He was not supposed to play last season uh in the NFL at all. And there he was, you know, starting. Uh and David DeCastro wasn't much better. And yeah. that's that's just what a torso injury can do to a lineman who's not young anymore. If if that's more the reality than, you know, an injury that can heal and he can bounce back, then yeah. Gosh, that'll be absolutely awful because looking at this line, you're hoping, you know, uh, Kendrick Green steps up and that those three interior guys, Dotson, DeCastro, and Green, can really be the anchor of a line that that turns the Steelers' fortunes around. If DeCastro isn't there, that's that's kind of a nightmare scenario. I mean, you're talking about Coward, you're talking about Hag, you're talking about castoffs from other teams, hopefully being able to start. That's rough. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like if DeCastro can't go, the Steelers probably try to work something, get some money back. Uh, if he were to retire or if they were to cut him for whatever reason, 
Uh, then they would have some flexibility to bring in some more talent like a Trey Turner and kind of uh, alleviate that pain. Um, so at least there could be uh, a possible out for this team. But as we are at the top of the hour here, Jeffrey, I, I do want to ask you if there's anything uh, you want to plug on your way out. I know uh, another TJ Watt to sack film room drop today, so make sure that people check that out. But is there anything else that we should uh, keep our eyes on? Yes, actually, uh, our Vertex is running a little late this this time because we're covering um, this exact topic. We're covering the loss of Mike Hilton uh, and who we expect to, to replace him as the nickel back. Uh, I don't get into Trey Norwood in this one, but I get into Antoine Brooks Jr. and show actual film from when he played, uh, some film from James Pierre, and some film of Mike Hilton. So, so if you're interested in seeing you know, what the buzz on Antoine Brooks Jr. is, you can see what he did last season. Uh, and, and see where the player he was as a rookie. Um, that I, I, I think that's coming tomorrow. But we've had a lot of a lot of articles on the secondary, so they they kind of pushed it back. But I believe that's coming out tomorrow. Great stuff. And uh, for everyone that has been asking, the Steelers from A to Z series breaking down the entire roster is back. Uh, we're on day three now. Uh, myself and uh, BTSC editor Dave Schofield are uh, running it. Uh, together this year and if you just go to behindthesteelcurtain.com you can find those articles under Steelers trifecta we're covering three players a day and uh, that series will end uh the first day of training camp so a, a nice little uh, bow on that uh, for getting through the entire roster we get to uh, start breaking down training camp news aside from all that uh, i want to make sure everyone's uh, uh caught up to date on all their behindthesteelcurtain.com podcasts uh, wherever you're listening, uh, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, what have you, wherever you're getting those podcasts, make sure uh, you, you check out today's uh, uh, Let's Ride from Jeff Hartman. Of course, uh, Wednesdays, he answers your questions. Uh, yesterday, my live mic uh, kind of uh, looked at some kind of ideas and some kind of talking points that I'd like the Steelers to hit offensively. Next week, we'll look at the defensive side of the football. Of course, the Scobros were on yesterday. And tomorrow, of course, the Steelers preview. Yeah, I, I guess it's an all right show. Yeah, yeah. I would still call this one the flagship. I mean, I don't, I don't know if those guys are watching, but I, I kind of want to pat myself on the back. It is what it is. But as always, thank you guys for tuning into the curtain call tonight. Uh, before we get out, we did get a super chat here from uh, lifelong fan 07 who puts 4.99 in the t- tip jar and says super sticker. <laughs> Thanks for that, lifelong fan 07. Uh, we will head out now. Uh, have a, a great night, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we will see you soon. <laughs>